Good morning, Renewal. Welcome to the first Sunday of the year 2021. I'm excited to be starting off a new year together. And here at the beginning of 2021, I thought I would take a Sunday to talk about a man named Abraham, the man who is considered by many to be the father of our faith, uh, the beginning of uh, the Jewish faith, and consequently the beginning of Christian faith, I guess, and just by means of inheritance. Anyhow, before we get to Abraham, I just want to set the scene for his life by talking briefly about uh, the book of Genesis and Scripture. Uh, One important thing to understand uh, or to keep in mind when approaching the story of humanity and the story of God that's found in Scripture is just to remember that the story begins with God creating everything and everything being proclaimed to be good. God creates uh, life, he creates the the planet, he fills the world with creatures and plants, and and then he gives humanity a garden, and he gives us a garden mandate to rule over and to care for this good world that he created for us. And then shortly after the story of creation, we have the story of the fall. And, And one thing that I think is worth noting is that when Jesus wanted to deliver insight into who humanity is, he would go back to the creation account and not to the fall account. And I think this is important because the fall story is really good at helping us understand what is wrong in the world, uh, but it doesn't do so good at revealing how things should be. I believe Jesus understood this and we should understand it as well. So the fall happens in Genesis chapter 3. And then for the next few chapters of Genesis, humanity is falling further and further away from God. We have an act of disobedience with Adam and Eve in chapter 3. We move on to an act of homicide with Cain and Abel in the next chapter. And and then before you know it, almost all of, of humanity is given to evil deeds in Noah's day. And then after the flood, humanity ends up being unified in rebellion against God in the story of the Tower of Babel. And it's not until... Uh, this man Abram comes on the scene uh, in Genesis 12 that we begin to see God's plan to restore humanity back to himself really start to take shape. And so uh, we'll be looking at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and the story of Abraham today. In Genesis 12, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. In verse 4, it says, So Abram went as the Lord told him. So we know this man, Abram, is set out in Scripture as the father of our faith. He's our example. He's He's kind of like a prototype for, for us to look to as, as what does it look like for a man to, uh, t- to live in relationship with God or, or what does it look like for God to relate to humanity? Uh, the Apostle Paul, when he attempts in the New Testament to describe how salvation works in his letter to the Romans, he chooses Abraham as the example. And the witness of Scripture really does encourage us to be like this man and in relating to God to be like Abraham. So I just want to look at a few aspects of this interaction that Abraham had with God that might give us insight into how uh, we might relate to God here today in the year 2021. First off, uh, I think it's worth noting how it was that God spoke 
to Abraham. You know, we don't have details about how God spoke in this particular occurrence. It simply says the Lord said to Abram. But what we do know is that somewhere in history, there was, there was a man named Abram who lived and testified, told others of having some kind of direct communication with, with God, uh, that he had some kind of revelation come to him from a divine being. And I think it's important to remember that Abraham didn't have the scriptures. He didn't have some religious institution or or church that was dedicated to the worship of Yahweh. At best, this ancient man had a loose understanding that there were numerous supernatural spiritual beings out there, and, and he somehow understood that he was being invited into some kind of special relationship with one of these beings who who claimed and demonstrated to have supremacy over all others. Uh, But as you start to embrace this whole idea, I think really quickly it it becomes obvious that our entire faith, everything that we believe as Christians, begins with an an ancient man hearing voices or seeing visions or or having some kind of a a dream or or a happenstance encounter with a few strangers claiming to be God. Uh, However you want to look at it, our Christian faith is based on the idea that, that when Abram said, I heard a voice and it was God, that that was a true claim. And as I boiled the whole Christian faith down that way in my mind this week, I, it just felt a little bit unnerving to consider it in that way. You know, in our culture, we tend to dismiss such experiences when people maybe feel like they hear hear voices or hear the voice of God. We would tend to dismiss those things as, as a part of our imagination or or maybe our subconscious, Um, you know, even those of us who would testify that the words in the Bible are true, even the most fundamentalists among us when it comes to Scripture would tend to struggle with the method in which Scripture has been delivered to humanity. Uh, Our faith is founded on the claims of, of a man that God spoke to him and that God revealed himself to him. And in the moment, in the, in the days when Abram was making those claims, there would not have been a lot uh, uh, well, just not a lot to back that up. Abram made a claim that God spoke to him. He made a claim that God had a special plan for him and for his life. And although if something like this were to happen today and some random person was to suddenly speak of God speaking to him and God having a special plan for him, although that we might find that a bit unnerving, if we're going to receive the testimony of Scripture as true, uh, then we do. We, we have to embrace Abraham as our model for relating to God. Which then begs the question that shouldn't we expect that God would want to have a similar kind of relationship with us? That that we, as people following Abraham's model, would at least be able to anticipate that we might have some similar experiences with God. When he was tempted by Satan to turn stones to bread to feed his hungry belly, Jesus quoted Moses from the book of Deuteronomy when he says that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I think it's easy for us today to hear that phrase, man won't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And and I know for me, I would tend to think of my Bible. Uh, I would, you know, hold my Bible with its golden edged pages uh, close to my heart. And I would say, yes, I won't live by bread. I'll live by scripture alone. And what it says in this book is good enough for me and, and I'll live by it. But Jesus didn't say that man wouldn't live by bread, but by the scriptures. 
He didn't say it was the scriptures that gave life, did he? He said that man would live by every word, and that Greek word means utterances or audible sounds, every word that comes from God's mouth. This principle is is so important, the principle that we would live by words spoken to us by the mouth of God, because I believe it's this principle that takes Christianity beyond being just another world religion with our own holy book into something where we are invited by the Creator Himself to know Him and to be known by Him. This principle is what takes membership in the body of Christ into being something more than simply belonging to the right club to make sure that I get into heaven. It it makes membership in the body of Christ an opportunity to participate in the divine fellowship of heaven. It's the opportunity to share in the Son's relationship with the Father through the fellowship of His Holy Spirit. And the hope of heaven is the opportunity to participate in this divine fellowship with the veil that darkens our understanding of God finally being lifted. Our understanding of God, we believe in heaven, you know, when we see him face to face, our understanding of God is finally going to be freed from the shackles of our sinful appetites or our our limited cognitive abilities or our, our cultural ignorance or bias, it, you know, in that day, we believe that we are going to get to know him even as he fully knows us now. And we believe that it, knowing him in this way, it changes us. A few chapters later in the book of Genesis, in, in, the, in the story of Abraham, uh, the narrative offers this line about him. God promises Abraham a son, he promises a childless old man uh, who's far beyond the age of, of having children. Certainly his wife is far beyond the age of having children. He promises him that he is going to have descendants. And in Genesis 15, uh, upon hearing this from the Lord, uh, the scripture says, Abram believed the Lord and God credited it to him as righteousness. Now this is a unique statement because in this statement we have righteousness being credited or gifted to Abraham simply because he trusts God. Abraham isn't called righteous because of his outstanding behavior or his dedication to certain religious observances. Abraham is declared righteous because God has spoken to him and he has believed him. And throughout the Old Testament, we have a story of God patiently inviting the nation of Israel, Abraham's sons and daughters, to walk with him as their father Abraham did to believe him, to trust him, to hear his voice and to believe it and to live by it, and in doing so, to be made righteous like their father. And then this invitation that was given to Israel is extended to all of humanity in Jesus Christ. Paul's letter to the Galatians says that all who are in Christ are the children of Abraham. Those who put their faith in Christ are counted as Abraham's descendants, the descendants who were promised to Abraham all those years ago. And and so those who belong to Christ are Abraham's heirs, according to God's promise to the patriarch Abraham. And so God's work of restoration in the story of Scripture begins to manifest in the life of this man, Abraham, who after after generations of, of wicked men and women rebelling against God, is someone who turns around and turns away from that and begins to walk with God, hear his voice, trust him, um, obey him, and, uh, and look to him. And, and God's work of restoration begins with Abraham, and then it continues uh, into today. 
that for those of us as the family of Abraham, those of us who are in Christ Jesus, those of us who are willing to listen and trust God today, get to continue being a part of that work of restoration and reconciliation as God restores the world to the goodness that he initially created it in. And so the invitation stands for every believer now to to start knowing him now, to hear his voice calling out to you, affirming your identity as chosen by him and revealing to you your place in his special plan. So the question could be asked, well, if this is if this is what I'm called to do as a Christian to hear God's voice and 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 to trust him, then how do I do that? And the only advice I can offer in that is that you have to listen. You have to take time to listen. I think one reason that we will struggle to hear God or to commune with God here in our day is because our heads and our hearts are completely saturated with noise. You know, imagine how much the life of the average human being has changed since the days when Abraham lived. You know, a man like that living in ancient times lived most of his hours uh, really in silence, apart from, you know, the bleeding of his goats out in the field, maybe the rustle of the wind or the occasional voices of people that he was directly conversing with, there, there wouldn't have been a lot of other noise. There wasn't background music in his life. He had no playlists. There weren't TV programs. There was no stock market to obsess over. There were no commercials. There were no vacations to dream of. And, and while I thoroughly would enjoy every one of those modern conveniences and pleasures I've just listed, I, I know that those things tend to fill my head with so much noise and crowd my heart out so much at, to the point where at times I just don't feel that I can hear God. There's no room in my mind to even comprehend what he's saying, and I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm not alone in that experience. You know, the beginning of a new year is a popular time to make New Year's resolutions, and, and this year I am resolving to listen more, uh, to make more time to hear from the Lord because I want to live by his every word. I want to experience a relationship with him just like my father Abraham. I think this is going to mean uh, tuning out or, or turning off some of the other noisemakers in my life, and I would invite you to, to consider how this year might be set aside to hear the Lord a little bit more as well. I would invite you to consider what that might mean for you, for maybe cutting out some of the noisemakers or the time suckers in your life. Um, I, know, I know that... Uh, I can go in my relationships in my own life with my children or with my wife or with my friends, I can certainly go long periods of time without truly listening to them. And usually they catch on if I'm not listening. And so I can only imagine that uh, the creator of all the world uh, (laughs) watches me living each and every day and sees the moments when I'm listening and sees the moments when I'm not listening, and I I can only imagine that it would bring his heart so much joy in those moments when he feels that he has my whole and undivided attention. And I can only speculate about what wonderful things he might say to me in those moments. And so uh, I I pray that as we move forward as a community of faith together this year, uh, that 2021 would be a year that would bring us opportunities to, to hear God say things to us, and opportunities to believe those things that he says as he uh, makes us righteous, just like Abraham. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your love. We thank you for your call 
on our lives. We thank you that you have made us uh, to know you, to walk with you, to hear your voice. Um, and we thank you that you empower us to live in these purposes that you've created us for. And so uh, I just pray that for each of us, you would open our ears to hear your voice. You would open our minds to understand and comprehend the, the mysteries that you would be whispering to us about. And uh, that this would be a year where we hear you like we never have before. And we get to walk with you more closely than we ever have before. In Jesus' name, amen.